Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Hello, Mojo Sports fans, and welcome to the InFocus Show. And I'm one of your hosts, Lainey. From the InFocus Show, we take a bit more of a deep dive into the lives, history, background, and aspirations of our guests and hear about them beyond their sporting pursuits. In some of our episodes this season, we'll use this forum to reveal a little bit more about our fellow Mojo Sports panelists so our listeners get to hear more about the voices they hear on our other shows. You may have heard from our guest today. She's a panelist on Mojo's Women in Gridiron show. She's an offense running back, wears the number six jersey for the Australia Outback team. She is a 24-time Australian MVP, International Player of the Year in 2017, a National League MVP. She's played for the All-American First Team 2017, and she's a former running back for the Chicago Force in America. But she's actually someone I'd call an expert with deep, insightful analysis and extensive experience and knowledge in gridiron. Hello and welcome to the show, Christy Moran, aka Special K. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Very welcome. We're glad that you could join us today. Christy, where am I speaking to you at? So I am in my home town of Brisbane in Queensland, Australia. Great. And you guys have had some rather uh, challenging weather lately, I believe? Yeah, so um, it's meant to be the sunshine state here in Queensland, but it definitely has not been living up to its name. We've had a lot of rain. Um, We've had floods earlier this year and it looked like it was going to be flooding again, but I think the sun's trying to get out today. So it might be back to business as usual, hopefully. Yeah, fingers crossed. That probably means that you can perhaps even get out there and do a bit of training as well with the pitches dried up. Yeah. And um, I recently watched the uh, football competition that was happening up in Brisbane and it did for quite a while there look like just torrential rain as players were trying to cope with that particular challenge but I take it you your family um, and any uh, friends are fine you haven't been affected by any of the uh, weather lately? Uh, it's the former floods came right up to my doorstep but I was very very lucky either side of me did flood the shopping center next to me flooded completely it still hasn't opened so that's affected a lot of local businesses here Um, but I think you know uh, like most Australian areas we've come together we're moved on it was a bit scary there for last week because it was looking very familiar with the the just the constant rain um but i think we're we're learning how to better manage the water up here it's not usually been something we're used to so yeah yeah great well i'm glad to hear i'm glad to hear indeed um Thanks for agreeing to speak to us today, Christy. I have with some interest, um, as you know, I've been doing a little bit of professional sleuthing um, about you um, and trying to get my research and I guess a little bit more understand, um, you know, what gridiron involves, the various aspects that you really must be ready for in order to uh, be an excellent athlete and like I say that because having read through all of your credentials and achievements at the very introduction you're you're very accomplished and in order to be uh, where you are obviously you put in a lot of work <laughs> so I mean kudos to you where did it all start from Christy I mean I don't imagine a lot of uh, young females sort of come up through their 
you know, through their childhood and make it to where you are and think to myself, yep, I really want to get out there and play full contact, you know, full kit, uh, gridiron and uh, smash some people and score some touchdowns. Take us back. Where did it all start? Uh, so sport has been a big part of my life my entire time, but no, there was no plan or um, d- development plan to end up playing gridiron. In fact, it was I, it almost didn't happen. Um, but always as a kid, um, I was into sports. So I've done a lot of different sports. Um, for me, sport was really important because I'm actually an army brat. My father was a lieutenant colonel in, um, in the army for 22 years. So if anyone who who knows um, or has been an army brat knows that that means moving uh, a number of times Um, and so I had to go to a lot of different schools and I'm quite a shy person um, on meeting believe it or not Um, it's quite introverted so sport was my the great barrier breaker for me it was a great way to um, I guess indoctrinate myself into a new school or a new area or a new community um, and fit in um, and allowed me to get past that shyness Um, and uh, throughout my life I've done different sports I've done um, I started with ballet that didn't last long Um, as a little tyke I think that was mum's wish for me to be a ballerina and I ended up being a gridiron player but I played all of it like netball track and field for uh, had a career in track and field there for a while and touch football in my um older years and then gridiron and more recently having a crack at rugby union so um and throughout that i that there is a whole heap of friendships i have made um through sport that have stood the test of time and i've met some amazing people and as you say i've gone overseas and i've I've been had the opportunity to meet amazing women everywhere so um it's been quite a journey and i am very very blessed yeah lucky you i mean like i guess um one of the things that, you know, like here I am saying lucky you, but I imagine that a lot of your destiny is pretty much forged by your own efforts. I'm sure you've worked really hard. And I think you've perhaps also understood where your particular strengths are as well across those various sports and um, hence why you're in gridiron. But I would, I would have to say one of the things that really stands out to me is not just the um, different sports that you've just named off, they're quite different. Obviously, ballet, which is <laughs> an unusual, uh, I guess you could say a foundation, really, to help you dance around the field and dodge a lot of your opponents um, in your role as running back. But, I mean, in order for you to uh, play so many sports, and these are ones that are quite physical, require quite a bit of determination and a bit of dedication as well to try and juggle you know, work life, school life, study, um, as well as giving your sport everything. Do you find sometimes that it's pretty difficult to uh, manage a lot of your time with your commitment, not just growing up, but how about now? Yeah, common question asked. So um, with each of those sports, you are right, they require a different um, fitness uh, so gridiron's different from touch football um, and netball and all of their different sports and track and field, obviously. So I have actually physically had to change my physique quite significantly um, for each of those sports. And that takes, you're right, it takes a lot of dedication. And um, I have made the decision, uh, particularly with gridiron and touch football or track and field, I'm going to go for it. This is what I'm going to focus on. And um, yeah. I have, you know, really gone after and done what I needed to do physically um to get there and but I also um you know uh 
unfortunately with women's sport, not a lot of uh, athletes get paid, particularly grassroots either you wouldn't expect to get paid, but um, you do need to have a job. And I have had a career. I'm a psychologist by trade uh, many years ago, but I'm now working um, in, in quite high up in the Australian federal government. Um, so one of the questions I often get asked is that balance. Um, and to, I'm actually really honest about this and that balance is actually a fallacy and it's, it's sort of an unrealistic kind of expectation for uh, people to put on themselves. Um, you only have 100% to give and it's rarely that it's 50% to one and 50% to the other. So the way yeah. I sort of talk about it is um, it's more about how you manage the guilt or, or giving yourself permission. So obviously in 2017, I, I achieved quite a lot. I went overseas um, and there was obviously a lead up and hard work to that. So the years before that, I gave myself permission to really put in a lot of effort in there. And I guess you just have to, to manage that knowing, making that conscious decision that, you know, my, I did what I needed to keep my career going and my professional um, pride and all of that sort of stuff. And, and, and that was uh, it's difficult to fit all that on one plate, but I was really focused in on having some goals met in my gridiron career. So um, what I say to people is it's never quite balanced, but just so long as you're in charge of what that percentage difference is, um, yeah. I think is very, very important. And giving yourself permission to say, hey, you know, I mightn't get a promotion, you know, in the next two years because... I'm over here focusing on, on that. I'm actually working hard at, at, outside of office hours and on weekends and things like that. And I'm going away for six months to go and pursue this over overseas. So uh, to me, I think sometimes people put the pressure on themselves for that ideal 50-50. Yeah. doesn't happen. But you be in control of how much you put where and when, and that's completely up to you. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's so true. I, I feel as though... Um, quite often the messages from I don't know if it's one from naivety or just from an experience where someone says you can have it all and it's like well you can but just not necessarily all at once you know you do have to correct and it usually <laughs> means that you have to be patient with something else like you know yes I, I did get my promotion but it was you know in 2020 not in 2018 or, or anything like that so you do you do have to be realistic um and but it's it, and I and people always talk about oh you know I've made so many sacrifices for yeah. my job or my sport they're not sacrifices they're choices yeah. and I think we no. need to own that I agree I agree and and thank you for being the one to just sort of help remind a few people about that too I think for a long time um, people put too much pressure on themselves thinking that they've got to be the best of everything um, and try and achieve so much by a particular age but I mean you can still have it obviously and you're yeah. an example of that yeah. uh, you just don't necessarily have to try and fit it all into you know a two or three year period you can stretch it out make it work and and it and it is tough and it's exhausting and it was tough but it also helps if you um have a bit of a support network ar around you so I had a workplace that was very supportive they thought that was crazy uh doing such a, a violent sport but they were very supportive of it because they um they knew what value I could bring to the workplace as well and they wanted to support what I wanted to do so that I could come back and and continue to give at the workplace as well so I, I'm very lucky in that sense too. Yeah, and, and it's great that you've got 
a, a workplace that actually understands that as well mm. about you and what you're trying to achieve. It's wonderful that they can work together with you. So I've got a question for you when you were speaking to work. It's perhaps a ready-to-go response for you now, but when you're asked about it, how often do you have to explain what gridiron is and do you ever get sick of explaining the rules? <laughs> it's actually um, because in my, um, it's corporate life for me. So it's so vastly removed from a desk job where I'm up in front of, you know, teams of people and leading. Um, but there are actually a lot of similarities to on the field and off the field in that respect. Less violence, yeah. albeit, but um, <laughs> Uh, I remember there's two funny stories about that because I, I was, um, when I was a bit younger, I was kept my my work, my private life private, my work life, my work life. Um, so nobody actually knew I was playing. Um, and obviously being a running back, um, I get hit a lot. And people think, oh, you've got padding and everything. But what people fail to remember is that uh, that's fine when padding hits padding. It's when helmets hit elbows and helmets yeah. hit um you know and leave so I, I had significant bruises uh after a weekend of um a lot of running the ball and um I was in a meeting one time and I did actually get the after a meeting somebody else a bit and being Queensland being hot you wear shorter sleeve stuff um yeah did get asked the question are you okay which is also nice to know um, and then I realised, oh, my goodness, this isn't something, obviously, uh, with me playing um, so regularly and such a high level and working so hard at it, um, I had to let those two lives bleed into each other a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I did say, well, look, this is what I'm doing. Um, and most people are amazed. Most people uh, like, you mean like NFL? <laughs> and I said, yep, the, the helmet, the pads. Um, oh, you guys stop a lot. And I said, well, it's actually strategic um, and all that sort of stuff. So they, they're either really, there's two schools of thought. They're really in awe that mm. um, me, particularly as a female, um, and someone in a corporate outfit um, is, is doing that on the weekends. Um, or there's sometimes a bit of resistance where it's like, oh, you shouldn't be playing that kind of game that's not um good for you that's not healthy um what about your professional career what if you get injured all of those sorts of things so you get two kind of responses um but the i work uh, with some a lot of it people as well we do it projects and um i remember for ages so i'd openly talk about my games on the weekend and things like yeah. that because people were really fascinated by it uh and then one of the guys said uh, he said he asked a question that I thought was really bizarre, and then I realised he thought all this time I'd been talking about Madden, which is the the actual PlayStation game. Oh, really? Oh, <laughs> not real. He and thought you're a virtual player, not an actual player. <laughs> wow. So I had to explain. No, I go outside and you know <laughs> play and get yeah. physically hit. Not yeah. So that was pretty funny as well so it's, it's so sometimes out of people's realm that um but it makes it a bit fascinating it's definitely a conversation starter that's for sure yeah for sure I mean look I'm glad that your workplace was uh, having that welfare conversation yeah. with you as right. well I mean certainly it shows that they care about you and it's great that they're even thinking about that you know some yeah. places perhaps might not be as thoughtful so just a question in regards to uh, your football would you say that um, part of your icebreaker conversations with people as they're starting to learn more about you and, you know, whenever you're speaking with such enthusiasm at the game, that you're also helping to promote the game, turning their minds on to understanding 
the possibilities of the game, like maybe not necessarily for themselves, but like for other females or, for, you know, for other people who are interested in playing the game, that they see you and they're like, you know, you're an example of someone who can do it. And before you know it, you've got someone coming to you and saying, oh, my daughter really wants to get into gridiron or, you know, I've got a sister or a niece and would you speak to them or, you know, I've shared some um, some of your reels with them. You know, what sort of inspiration have you had, or, you know, in terms of your promotion and hearing those types of stories from from colleagues or friends? Yeah, a lot, actually, more than I, I thought um, it, it you know, you'll be surprised who does a Google search and it's it's at first unnerving to know what comes up, but you've been doing the research and you know everything about me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I often, young girls um, who just now think it's a possibility, um, it, it's pretty amazing because I would never, even as an adult, I didn't think gridiron was an option. And when I was asked to play, my first response was, no way can I play a contact sport because gridiron was actually my first contact sport. So I went from nothing to extreme, but absolutely yeah. loved it. And um, if you've seen any of uh, my my preachings on every any social media, it is about because um, I've recognised in myself some of those barriers and limitations that you put on yourself, whether um, you've done it yourself or whether it's sort of been a bit um, innocuously done by society. Um, yeah. the, the, but, I, I mean, I've been trolled. I've been told um, that I, I can't play, I shouldn't play. Um, I've been That's terrible. Told, yeah, I've been told that it's you're you're not you're not going to be as good as the men, and I remind them I'm not trying to be. Um, yeah. Women's gridiron is different from men; it's a different game, um, and that's a great thing. And I don't want to take anything away from the men's game or men's sport at all, but I do want um, females to feel like they have choices, they have variety, and. I, so many life lessons, like I said before, even in my career, I can see some of the stuff that I do on the field, leadership-wise, is very similar to, to the stuff I do in my professional um, area as well. So um, it has taught me a lot. It's taught me a lot about resilience. It's taught me a lot about um, discovering things about yourself you didn't think were possible. I, I was 37, Aussie, you know, um, female, who had played five years of gridiron, who went over to America to play, I had no idea how I was going to compete against. I, not only did I go from being a big fish in a small, but like a puddle here, mm. I went over, I was in the ocean with the sharks. Like these are yeah. women that have played for 15 years. They've grown up on this stuff. Their, their football IQ is incredible. Um, and the coaching expects a lot. Um, and I went yeah. over there and I was able to actually be named right next to my, my running back idol, Odessa Jenkins, as two of the top running backs for 2017. Now, wow. at 37 years of age. Um, so I, I have learned through proving myself and my own limitations wrong and just watching other girls, uh, females, women, ladies come in. You can see they're hesitant. You can see they're not sure. And you just need to, to let them know that, give it a go. Um, yeah. you can do this, that sort of stuff. And and those limitations start to break down for themselves. So um, uh, that, it it just spans, it's, it's actually shaped my life in a lot of ways. Yeah. And that's why I am very encouraging of young girls playing whatever kind of sport they want to play. I think sport's been really important to me and I think that it can provide a lot of value for a lot of young ladies um, and women. Yeah. It's very empowering. 
Indeed, indeed. And it's great that um, you're such a positive um, advocate for the sport as well. And I love the fact that you also, you know, focus on the fact that it's not about you trying to take away from the men's game. It's about the, you know, you know, showing that there is an arena for women to be able to engage in the sport and participate, which is great. I think sometimes we hear some, you know, some people from the peanut gallery who have every single comment to make about how they won't be watching because it's women and it's different, but really the physicality of it. I mean, and I'm probably just going a little bit sideways here on a different thread, but before I understood the amount of effort, work, dedication that's required in order to even play um, gridiron, um, that wasn't the lingerie bowl, like for instance, because for, so our, some of our listeners might not know that, you know, perhaps in the States um, they have the lingerie bowl, which is basically, um, sorry, the lingerie league, I think is, is what it's correctly called. Yeah. And so you have women who have not had the opportunity to play the full contact, full kit, unless they had played wearing their lingerie in this particular um, competition. And I remember watching it at first. I think it was it was playing um, as a sort of a, a, a preempting or curtain-raising match before a main event. And um, my husband actually sat and watched it with me and he said, oh, my goodness. And he goes, why are they making these women wear, <laughs> wear this this ridiculous outfit when, I mean, they obviously can take a hit, they can play the game, they're faster, agile. It makes no sense at all. And, and like, until I had um, sort of seen the athleticism and the uh, strength that these women, um, you know, displayed on the field, did I not understand and appreciate a little bit more some of the mileage um, that, you know, your, like someone like you and your um, league were making to show that, there are women who don't have to do that in order to get a run on the field. Um, what are your thoughts about that? I, I mean, like, it's so, it's quite interesting, really. Yeah. So, funnily enough, um, where often when I say I play gridiron, that's the first pe- thing people assume. Really? Our lingerie league. Because, unfortunately, that's been given a lot of airtime and that's the only female uh, gridiron that people are aware of. Um, and I know quite a few people, um, we've, we've had a league here in Australia, it didn't really get off, they, the, um, they tried it twice, um, and, and it had its success in its season, but it didn't carry through, and I think that's indicative of, uh, like your husband, um, the, the kind of sporting audiences that we have here in Australia, we appreciate the athleticism um, of sport. Um, and I've mentioned that I've been trolled before, um, and some of the comments are, uh, if you're looking for followers or if you're looking for people to real a lot of people to watch you take off your clothes, give them something to look at, which, so I never played, long, yeah, it drives me nuts. Um, That's disgusting I, though. Right. And my, my, I have nothing against the women taking, um, the women who play and taking that opportunity because they have shown that they, they are athletes um, and yeah. they're, they're wearing barely nothing and hitting just as hard. In fact, there have been a, a lot of controversy around it wasn't safe for them in some of this, this gear. But my, my personal value has been why should I wear less for you to watch me play? Come yeah, watch me play. And it's, a, and, and it's a bit like arena. LFL is a bit like what they call arena, um, LFL's lingerie um, league. 
um, is a bit like arena football, which is another kind of version of gridiron um, and it's modified, smaller field, all of that sort of stuff. So for me, I wanted to do the full kit, full field, full hit version um, because I wanted the, particularly as a running back, I wanted the challenge of that. I wanted the challenge of having to carry that ball all the way down the field play after play after play. Um, I wanted the whole the whole kit. So I have a full helmet. I have 100 kilo uh, women that move like freight trains coming yeah. after me. Like That helps you um, keep motivated <laughs> yeah. um, and run fast, you know, those sorts <laughs> of things. I, I wanted the full. Admittedly, it's not the same game as men. It has different nuances and, and a different finesse to it. I don't want it to be the same, but I want it to be the same opportunity. Um, yeah. And why would why would people want to watch more of the same? You've got a men's type of game. You've got a women's type of game. And as viewers, you have an option then. And we often find um, that um, just here in our Queensland League, uh, people who come down to watch the men's game are really taken by the women's game. Um, because yep. they are surprised at how hard we hit and the game's a bit different and um, it's something different for the audiences to watch again. And we get a lot of people coming down to our games. So um, that's awesome as well. And it's not to take away from the men's at all. Um, it's yeah. just to enjoy the sport that they love as well, that they love to watch, they love to play. We're the same. We just want to yeah. play. We just want to love the sport. Yeah, nice. I tend to find that um, as a spectator, um, if you see that people are putting in 100% effort and you can see that they're wearing their passion on their sleeve and they're fully committed, you know, as a spectator, you appreciate that, you know, yeah. and, and after a while your mind changes and you're like, you know what, I'm going to start watching this. You know, these women are putting in, you know, all the effort. And look, there are certainly some teams that you will notice side by side with some male teams uh, where the women are quite clearly working harder and achieving, you know, much greater results. Um, mm. Unfortunately, the men seem to be getting a lot more attention. But uh, the, uh, think- the other, yeah, the other thing that I love about uh, these gridiron sports, like obviously for uh, lingerie version, um, you need to have a certain aesthetic look. Yes. Um, whereas full kit gridiron, we actually need that diversity. So we get women who come along who are bigger women, um, you know, but they're strong. Uh, yeah. And they, they you know, a, a, a line woman um, gets down in that three-point stance, stands up and has a battle one-on-one with another line woman. And they're amazing. So they mightn't be fast runners or fast movers, but my God, they're strong um, and yeah. they have a role on the field, which normally in most sports, most women's sports, they won't get that because, you know, their, their physicality is different. Um, mm. But those, I love those women because they're the ones that protect my little butt standing behind them. So um, it's, that's the other thing. It's, it allows for that diversity and it allows for people who even less have less opportunity than myself because you know I've, I'm blessed with a uh, body that's that can do most sports um, yeah. and is athletic. Um, whereas these women, they, they get to put their strength to work and their aggression to work, and it's just awesome to see them come into their own. It's amazing. So I've, I've actually seen um, like some footage of you uh, when you're trading. Um, I've also seen photos of you in your full kit. Um, you know. F- ready to um, hop on and um, play now I have to say like just looking at your training regime 
it looks pretty intense. Um, and then, like, to see what you look like with your gear on, you look, to me, quite imposing. I, I have a feeling that if I was to face off against you um, on the field, I'd be <clears throat> slowly, um, you know, feeling my nervousness <laughs> creep in <laughs> and um, suddenly needing to sub off. <laughs> you know, strategic sub. Yeah. I imagine, like, I mean, you're, you, with the physicality you said you had to change your body and like I can see what it looks like from a result um, when I see your um, photos and um, footage of you on the field I mean that requires a lot of dedication a lot of hours in the gym and you know this is this is something that requires a lot of commitment um, and I love the fact that you're full in on it as well like I mean just kind of talk me through like what your your prep is like what are the things you're thinking about when you're training but also um like you and I we both chatted we're not we're not young anymore (laughs) um and um like you've got to think about keeping your body in good shape um in order to get you know the longevity out of it um do you ever worry about injuries you know I mean how important is it for you to keep your body in um, top condition to be prepared I was gonna say I'd, I'd be interested and I'm sure our listeners yeah. would be to hear about how you how you prepare yourself yeah you absolutely so you, you have to do a few scary things and for a lot of people going to the gym is scary um you know because it can be intimidating I I'm no different um I, I'm not a weightlifter or anything but I became very familiar with the gym um I went from touch football to gridiron so when I was playing touch football anybody's played touch football it's very um uh, endurance base so um, it's a lot of running around non-stop whereas gridiron is different it's more like power running particularly my position so you have to get hit keep your feet um, break tackles as well as sprint um, and be agile so um, I when I was playing touch football I was probably about 60 kilos um, and I over about two or three years, so that to give you a definition of the timeline built up yeah. to when I went over to Chicago, I was probably about anywhere between 72 and 75 kilos wow. um, of pretty much m- muscle. muscle. Um, now, it, if you're going to play gridiron, um, you have to, I mean, it's not for the faint-hearted, obviously. No contact sport is. Um, I'd be lying if I said I don't go onto the field where something hurts. In fact, if you didn't go on the field where something hurts, you probably won't go on the field again. Um, you yeah. have to get, be very in tune with your body on what. There's a difference, and we talk about it, there's a difference between being hurt and being injured. Yeah. Right? So being hurt means something does hurt, but you're, you're fine to keep going. Um, being injured is when, you know, if you go out there, you're probably going to make something worse. And I've probably done a bit of both, let's be honest. Um, but um, I think the work that I, for someone who was, I'm, I, I, anybody will probably, who's watched some of my seasons will know as a running back, I'm probably overused. Um, uh, and so I put that, which means I probably run the ball more than a running back normally would. Um, that's yeah. just been some of the personnel. And sometimes you get some rookies in there. So, you know, you lead from front or whatever. I'm a bit of a ball hog too. So there's that. Um, but um, so I've played this sport for 10 years and probably had maybe one really bad injury uh, where I absolutely shattered my arm. But, and that was my own fault. That was just me not positioning myself well in a nothing tackle. Um, so mm-hmm. that's pretty impressive. That's one of my my 
one of my, well, I see it as an achievement for someone who started this sport after the age of 30, like you said, we're not, we're not young. Um, yeah. I, it's been my work off the field that has kept me on the field. Yeah. Um, and it's hard for people because obviously I chose to go in there and I said, I'm all in, I want to make this my sport. This is just, uh, this is vibing with me. This is my thing. I love it. I love the adrenaline. I love the challenge. And I was all in and I went for it. And I did that balancing act of, I'm going to put this at 70% and the rest of my life, I'm 30% at the moment. Um, I chose that, but not everybody um, does. Like they want to play, but they want to play amateur. And sometimes um, if they're not doing the necessary work, outside of of that that they can um, experience um, have not such a nice uh, or lucky experience as I have um, with a lack of injury but at the same token I've been very smart about it and I've had a lot of good coaches um, guiding me as well Um, I I am quite there's no doubt my body has taken a beating and it is quite broken like there are my my knees I really miss cartilage like I'm not gonna lie Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh, I've, I've modified my training a lot. You know, I don't lift one RMs anymore. There's no need for me to do that. I need to recognize yeah. where my body's at. I don't do full squats anymore. I do box squats just to protect my knees because yeah. they don't have the cartilage anymore. So um, people have to, you can't just pick up somebody else's program and run with it. You have to know your body and that's part of testing it. That's part of challenging it. That's part of that, that whole journey is learning um, what your body responds to and what it doesn't. And the body is yeah. an amazing, an amazing thing. So you've got to respect it though. Next time on the In Focus show, we keep the questions rolling and bring to you part two of our interview. I have, um, and that has been Kathy Freeman. So I oh, wow. as one of the sporting uniforms I've kept is the, um, I got to train, I won a scholarship to train with her and her. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.